I read an article yesterday morning that appeared on the Daily Star's website. The Daily Star is a British publication. The headline for the article was, Radical Christians Reckon Ukraine War is a Sign of Jesus' Return and the End Times. The feature portrayal of the radical Christians, according to the Daily Star, was Southern California Pastor Greg Laurie. I had to laugh a bit when I saw Greg's picture pop up when I clicked on the link for the article and then watched the video of Greg that the article cited as evidence of his radicalism. Greg Laurie is not a radical Christian. At least, I don't think that he is. Of course, from the perspective of the average, non-church-going American or Brit, I'm sure Greg would be considered nutso-radical, especially by those at the Daily Star. Anyway, the video referenced by the article was released on Greg Laurie's YouTube channel. In it, he references passages from the Olivet Discourse, which is found in Matthew chapter 24, which the Daily Star referred to as Matthew chapter 42. Perhaps they mixed up Douglas Adams's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with Jesus's Olivet Discourse. I watched Greg's radical video. I'll link it down below in the show notes. I certainly don't think that it is radical. It's pretty much exactly what you would hear in a large number of Protestant churches in America. Anytime you have world-shaking cataclysmic events, like we've had over the last couple of years, people begin asking questions like, is this the end of the world? Are we living in the last days? Jesus, in Matthew 23, he spoke challenging words to the religious establishment in Jerusalem. He called the religious establishment and the leaders of the religious establishment out for their hypocrisy. In the final statement of his message, Jesus proclaimed that judgment was soon going to fall upon Jerusalem for their persecution of the prophets of old. And then he sets out to leave the temple, and his disciples come to him, almost seeming to lighten the mood. And we read this in Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 and 2. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to show him the buildings of the temple. It's like, look, these things are really great. You just kind of broke these things down. And Jesus said to them, verse 2, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. This was like a mic drop moment. You see all of this here, Jesus says? All of this that has taken a half century to renovate, it is going to be toppled. Not one stone shall be left on another. That totally shook the minds of Christ's followers. To them, the destruction of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple would have been world-shaking. It would have been cataclysmic. So Jesus leaves the temple and he heads east out of the city of Jerusalem and his disciples come to him as he is sitting on the Mount of Olives directly east of the city and they ask him, Tell us when these things are going to be. What is going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? When you see the questions of the disciples, you see that they link the destruction of the temple with the end of the world, the end of the age. But the temple actually would be destroyed within four decades of Jesus' teaching on the Mount of Olives. 
And that's actually why this passage is called the Olivet Discourse, because it was his teaching given on the Mount of Olives. I have a lot that I could say on this passage and on the signs of the end of the age and the return of Christ. And maybe I'll talk about that in the not too distant future. There isn't a lot of agreement among Christians about a lot of those things having to do with the end times or eschatology. Every pastor, Bible teacher has something to say about these things. And really, every worldview, even those that are not Christians, those who don't read the Bible or go to church, every worldview has an eschatology, a view about how things are going to wrap up or how this world or universe is going to end. But I've been thinking about how the disciples of Jesus would have processed the things that Jesus taught them. For the average Jew living in the first century, for Peter or James, John, Bartholomew, Thomas, and so on, Jerusalem and the temple were essential for Jewish life. They could not have imagined Jewish life without the temple and the city of Jerusalem. And then Jesus says to them, it's all going to be torn down in your lifetime. Hezekiah and Isaiah 39 received a similar word from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah basically said, listen, Hezekiah, everything in your city is going to be torn down or carried away captive to Babylon. And within 115 years of Isaiah's prophecy, that's exactly what would happen. In August of 589 BC, the armies of Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon would destroy the temple and the city of Jerusalem. So how do you process things when you have just been told that within a generation or two, your nation will be destroyed? How do you respond when everything you know or have known is going to be uprooted? How do you live through the decline of your nation? Well, if you are a follower of Christ, one of those radicals like Greg Laurie or maybe like me, you realize once again that this place, this world, this nation, all the great cities of this nation, this is not our ultimate hope or our ultimate home. As I said a moment ago, every worldview has an eschatology. Some people see the end coming with the return of Christ. Some people are awaiting a final tribulation and Armageddon. Others are concerned that the end is going to come by a massive asteroid strike or a global pandemic that is much worse than COVID or maybe a terrible nuclear holocaust, climactic catastrophe from climate change, artificial intelligence amassing a robot army to destroy all of us. There are a lot of end times or end days scenarios that people hold on to. None of those things have come to pass yet. But thinking about them does cause us to be confronted with an important question that you actually do need to wrestle with. How shall we then live? You, you have to answer that question. If you were given word today that your nation, for me, the United States of America, if you were given word that its days are numbered, how would that change the way that you live? How would you live differently if you knew that you were living in the midst of the downfall or the decline of the United States? If you read the writings of a number of economists, futurists, and social scientists, that's exactly what they are saying. How shall we then live? That's something to think about. We'll see you next time. Thank you.